0: setting up systems, and more, so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. Ashton Mouton is a speech-language pathologist, mother, and owner of Simple Speech Therapy in Orlando, Florida. Before starting her private practice, Ashton worked in SNFs and in the schools and was considering leaving the field altogether because of the burnout, which I'm really glad that she didn't do. In today's interview, Ashton shares her story of starting her private practice during her maternity leave when she wanted to be able to have a flexible schedule for her daughter. I first met Ashton when she joined the Start Your Private Practice program in September of 2020. In the episode, she talks about how investing in herself was key in turning around her imposter syndrome and taking control of her professional, personal, and financial life. Ashton shares how she got started, where she is now, and what her plans are for the future. Today's episode is perfect for anyone who has faced burnout, wants a more flexible schedule, is struggling with imposter syndrome, and is curious about how we support SLPs and OTs on the first leg of their private practice journey in the Start Your Private Practice program. Enjoy the episode. All right, so before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Yeah, sure. My
1: name is Ashton Luton. I am the owner of Simple Speech Therapy in the Davenport Champions
0: Gate area of Florida. So it's like Central Florida. I love it. So I'm so excited to have you on, Ashton, because you were on a student success panel for students who are in the Start Your Private Practice program. And people got to hear like a little bit of your story. But I really wanted to have you on as a guest to tell your full story because it's been really cool to watch you go from like nothing for in terms of your practice, but super motivated to, oh my gosh, like she is doing this and our practice is well underway. So before we talk about what your practice is like now, can you take us back to, you know, kind of the beginning of your career and, and what you were doing and what led you to start thinking about private practice?
1: Yeah. So I, um, I went to undergrad at Florida State, go NOLS. <laughs> um, and then I went to graduate school at Valdosta State University and, um, uh, my husband, well, at the time he was my Um, he wound up moving to Chicago for law school. And so I was able to complete an externship in Chicago um, in the school system there. Um, So following that externship, I got hired to cover a maternity leave for the last half of that school year. That was in December of 2015. Um, And so I worked in the schools in Chicago for a full year and a half. um, And I liked it. And I started PRNing In Illinois, they have Caseload caps and things are just really, it's just a little more manageable there for sure. But um, I started PR running in the nursing homes up there and I liked it. I always thought I wanted to kind of be more on the medical side of things. So then, you know, I got a little bit tired of the cold. I am from Florida and so I wanted us to move back. So we wound up moving back and I thought I was going to just go full time in the nursing homes and I did. I wound up getting a Sniff job. I worked with a really great team down here, and I just figured out that over time, nursing homes just weren't for me. Um, I have I have some anxiety, and there's just a lot of um, pressures around working in nursing homes—paperwork pressures, productivity pressures, and all that. And I just felt just anxious every day, so um, I wound up leaving that job, and I went back to the school system here in Florida, and um, I worked there for. Three years after that. So kind of went back to the pediatric side, even though I thought I never would. And I've worked with some amazing people in the school system for sure. Um, But I always kind of knew that I wanted to work for myself and go into business for myself. Um, And my husband always encouraged me to do it, but in my mind, I always just said, Oh, you need more experience. Oh, you can't start a private practice. You know, the imposter syndrome. Kicking in. And then I found your course. <laughs> I, I was a subscriber of the free Facebook group that you have for um, private practitioners. And so I was always kind of lurking on that, <laughs> just getting ideas before I really made the commitment to start my
0: own practice. Yeah. And I love that. That's such a familiar story, too. People have worked in a couple <laughs> different settings, haven't quite found exactly what they want in terms of you know career potential, growth potential, financial potential and then they you know and i think a lot of people back in their mind is kind of like private practice but most people think about you know one day in the future, right? Like yeah. 15, 20 years from now, not you know as a you know young slp, right? And so mm-hmm. a lot of people do they end up in that slp and ot private practice beginners facebook group and they start looking around and they're like oh my goodness there's here, this is where people are talking about private practice, right? It can be kind of hush hush other places, but, but not in that Facebook group, right? So, so you're in the Facebook group, you're kind of soaking up, you know, some information here and there. What was also happening in your career that you were all of a sudden like, you know what, like I'm going to, I'm going to join Jenna's program. So
1: kind of going back to the start of the pandemic, I, um, was working in the schools. I was PR running a bunch. And I was also pregnant with my daughter. And um, I had her in June of 2020. And I kind of just, everything clicked for me in that time period when I had her and I was on my maternity leave. Uh, I kind of just realized that I wanted to have a different lifestyle than i could get working in the schools forever um you know i mean the breaks are amazing i I do love the time off that you get in the schools
0: (laughs) but it just clicked something just clicked for me that's also something that people say a lot right when when they're on maternity leave all of a sudden they kind of are thinking about you know what do i want to go back to especially now that i'm a parent right and so that is yep. something that a lot of people end up thinking about, like, how how can I spend more time with this baby that I just had while, mm-hmm. while they're young, right? And so that is a, to- a very common time where people start thinking about private practice.
1: Yes. Yep, for sure. And so I think I bought the course in August 2020-ish. And again, my husband had been pushing me all along and it was just me in my own head that just kind of couldn't take the leap, (laughs) but finally I did. And I'm so glad I did. And I joked in that last interview that we did that it was very much like job therapy, career therapy, because you go through the whys, like, why do you, why do you want to join or start your private practice? You know, and it just really made me evaluate things differently than I had. Um, and then that got me really motivated (laughs) And so my daughter was in daycare, she started daycare in October. I had her in June and she started daycare in October of 2020. And I formed a really great relationship with her director of that daycare. And she knew that I was a speech therapist and I had mentioned that I was taking the steps, the small steps to starting my own practice. And finally one day she was like, Ashton, let me know when you, when you are ready. She was like, I will send your information out there. And so that just really lit a fire within me to kind of get everything wrapped up because, you know, in my mind, I wanted to do everything just right, get all my ducks in a row. And I mean, that was really a huge part of doing this course because I just wanted to make sure everything was just right. Um, And so finally, January 2021 um, is when I really like set everything live, marketed and got my first client in January 2021.
0: I love that. Right. So in just a few months, right. You like, you made the decision and you mm-hmm. started kind of talking about it with other people. I think that's a really important step that some people miss, right. That some people kind of keep it to themselves. Maybe they talk about it with their spouse, but you know, in order to kind of get some momentum, like you do have to tell people that, <laughs> or, that you're starting a practice or you're at least thinking about it. Cause like, you know, they might have people to refer to you, right? That's kind of what it sounds like mm-hmm. ended up happening with, with the daycare person, right? Yep, it was. And I'm
1: just really grateful that she, you know, wanted to ask me questions and kind of put my name out there because I was just a little shy about it, you know? So it was it was good definitely to tell her. I definitely recommend talking to people about it for sure. Because you never know. It's all about who you know, you know, in life. <laughs> um, and that just really helps to just
0: cut it out there. Well, yeah. And I think that that's really important is that putting yourself out there and you don't have to put yourself out there in like a pushy way, right? That's what SLPs and OTs get really nervous about, right? None of us want to be, you know, pushy, but what I found is that a lot of students in in my program, I need to like teach them how to, how to um, communicate about what they're doing in a non-pushy way so that other right. people, you know, know and, and can refer to them, right? And so, okay. So January of 2021 is when you were kind of started underway. You got your first mm-hmm. client and then what happened next?
1: So the, the year kind of progressed and I was seeing, you know, a few kids after school, um, I marketed to the daycares around my full-time job. And so I was able to go to those daycares right after school, um, and then see those kids and then go grab my daughter. So that was really nice setting it up that way. Highly recommend that. <laughs> and the school year ended. And that was when I really pushed my marketing. And my caseload grew a lot over the summer, a lot, a lot. I mentioned in that last interview that if you use simple practice, they give you a nice graph kind of of your income. And it was just like, you know, growing, growing. And then June, it like jumped way up, which was really motivating to see. So over the summer, I was I didn't have an office yet. I was driving to daycares and to clients' houses. And um I started to, you know, think that, oh my gosh, like school is starting back. I have to make a decision. And um it was hard because I absolutely loved my coworker. I had a co-SOP that I worked with. And I loved working with her. We got along so well and everything like that. And um you know, I had to tell her that I was thinking about leaving and, but it was the right time. You know, if I had gone back to school, then I would have lost all these clients and really lost my momentum. So, um, I wound up resigning and, you know, I had worked for the district for three years. Again, I worked with some really amazing people, but when I resigned and I know that everybody has been under a lot of stress, and you know hiring people and everything, but when I did turn to my resignation, I did not get an email back from my boss, so that was kind of just like that solidified my decision to resign. You know it was a it was a good job, a solid job, good schedule, decent pay, good benefits. but I just wanted to feel a little bit more appreciated in my career, so that just really solidified my decision, yeah.
0: And one of the things that I like about what you just said is just kind of like how you built up, right? So if you started in January, then you were starting to see some clients and then kind of, you know, on the side of the job, also kind of in between picking your daughter up from daycare and all that kind of other stuff, right? And then your caseload, you were set up and ready for summer, right? And I think that that's one of the important things for people to think about is if you want to have summer clients, which you also mentioned just a significant increase in your private caseload and your earnings, right? Over that first Mm -hmm. summer. And so it's really important to get set up and ready in time in order to be able to do that, right? And then you made that decision about going back. And I know that that's something that a lot of SLPs and and OTs who work in the schools have to kind of think about, right? Is that decision, Mm -hmm. am I going to go back in the fall? And so, you know, talk a little bit more about kind of how you made that decision and what What you were hoping that your private practice allowed you to do if you didn't go back to the schools? I was hoping that my
1: practice would certainly surpass my income that I was making in the schools because I, you know, I needed to at least do that. And I was, I was making more than I was in the school system at that time. And I wanted to just have more freedom and flexibility with my schedule when I, when I did leave. Uh, So, you know, just as I had more kids and I just felt this momentum going, um, I started looking for office space and, um, we got really lucky. My husband is in real estate and he uh, just happened to come across this office space. That's five minutes from our house. It's just like the perfect little one room thing. I, I don't have a waiting room yet, but you know, we have to start somewhere, (laughs) but it works, you know, it works really, really well. Um, I don't need a huge clinic yet. I don't have any employees yet, but one day. So we got the office space and, One thing I want to mention for people who are kind of worried about getting offices and, you know, paying for it, well, I'll say two things about that. If you can kind of break your, whatever they're charging you for rent into kind of clients that you need to pay for it, you know? So I kind of would think like, okay, if I had, I'm just going to use like a random, if if I get two kids that covers my rent, two kids, like for the month that covers my rent. And then, you know, three kids pays for simple practice or, you know, including simple practice. But, um, so I kind of tried to look at it that way and it wasn't quite as scary, you know, and fortunately, like we got a pretty good rate on the rent, but that was the other thing I wanted to touch on is you can try to negotiate your rent. You know, it seems a little bit scary, but you can tell them, Hey, this is my, this is my budget. You know, can you make this work? And surprisingly, we they negotiated with us and we got we were able to get our my rent down. So those are just some little tips.
0: <laughs> and I love that. And I think that, you know, I think people are surprised when when they start learning about the way that I teach people to start private practices is not necessarily to start with a brick and mortar, right? You started right. by seeing clients, you know, probably out of the trunk mm-hmm. of your car, <laughs> right? Or maybe on <laughs> telepractice, right? But but on yeah. like your own and then your first brick and mortar was not the brick and mortar that that you'll probably end up with right like I think that's right. where people think that there's all these startup costs and there's so much overhead and like how could I ever start a private practice without having you know five to ten thousand dollars saved up because like how I'm gonna have a waiting room and how am I gonna have parking and all this other stuff and it's yeah. like you, know, you can have all of that stuff one day but not on yeah. day one right no you de- you definitely don't need all of that you know
1: it worked just fine when I didn't have an office. I love having an office because I, you know, I'm more stationary and I'm not in the car, especially with the gas prices these days. (laughs) Um, uh, But it worked just fine without having an office, you know, now I have this space and I love it. And uh, it's just happy to kind of come to every day. I'm like, wow, this is mine. You know, I did this. It's pretty cool. One day I'll get that waiting room.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you absolutely will. And that's just something that you'll, that you'll grow into when you're ready, right? But yeah. I think that it's it's important for people to think about this as like a stepping stones kind of a situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you start with this and then you build up with that. I also really liked how you broke down how you think about like investments in your business, because that's another huge shift between people who kind of have a like more of like an employee mindset or a consumer mindset where you're seeing things as expenses, right? That that's an expensive, that that's like a loss Of money, right? Mm -hmm. Versus when you learn how to become a business owner, when you take on that identity now of private practitioner and and business owner, now you're like, okay, if the rent is this much money, how many clients do I need to see in order to cover that? And if you feel like you can definitely do it, like no problem, then go for it, right? Because it is going to save you time driving around and save you Money on gas. If you do the math yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to see 20 people just to cover my rent, and I only have 20 yeah. hours or 25 hours available, well, then that's not worth it yet, right? No, yeah, I not do that math. Not. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I love the way you teach the course,
1: just to do it as debt free as possible. You know, you. It, I didn't have a ton of upfront costs to start. Um, obviously, you know the price of the course and then just my like business license fees and the business tax fees and all of that and you know just a like I bought a new laptop just a couple things like here and there but I didn't start off with an, like an assessment right away. I kind of built up to buying a couple of assessments and I was able to do informal things or um, I think the first one I bought was the SSI4. so that one's pretty pretty cost effective but it allowed me to just kind of keep building that momentum. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's great to do it debt-free. I, I, you definitely don't have to go into debt
0: to start your own practice for sure. Nope. But it's still a very common, you know, uh belief that you do, right. I was in another Facebook mm-hmm. group the other day who said, you know, uh, something about business loans. So like, how, how do you get a business loan for your private practice? <laughs> and I was like, oh. you don't need one, right? Yeah, like, no, start to you don't have like, to. You don't have to. I don't want most, most people still have student loans. Right. So I don't want people like yeah. stacking business loans on top of student loans. Right. Right. That's yeah. Usually like a business loan later on when you're really going to build, if you're buying clinic, if you're built, like there is mm-hmm. a, a time to possibly get a business loan. Yeah. So in the sure. very beginning of starting your practice is not that time.
1: No, it's not. Cause all you really need is yourself some toys, your car, <laughs> and
0: like you can you can do whatever you need to. So, you definitely yeah. don't. Totally. Totally. I was going to ask what um what payer sources are you accepting at the moment? Are you private pay only? Do you do private pay?
1: Private pay. And private pay only, and I'm planning to stay private pay for the foreseeable future. You know, I don't love the red tape that comes along with accepting insurance and I live in Florida, and the reimbursement rates are not not good here, unfortunately, <laughs> um, um, because you know I I could help so many more families and kids that way. But um, I am private pay, and uh, it's going really well, so I like yeah. it. It's and it's definitely a lot less stress. You know, I tell my families who are who kind of ask why don't you take insurance, and I obviously explain some of the red tape, and I just say you know I'm trying to provide quality services over quantity and I'm able to provide more of myself to my families and you know just more support in other ways versus spending lots of time billing and dealing with denials and all of that stuff. you know I can help them find resources for scholarships or I can help them kind of navigate their IEP processes because I'm not
0: spending a lot of time doing billing fortunately. and that's another cool thing about being a business owner is that you get to decide. Right. Yeah. So, so you get to decide. Everyone who who comes through my program, or or even if you don't, right, you get to decide. Like, do you want to do private pay? Do you want to do private pay only? Do you want to do insurance and private pay and some? Subs- like, yeah. You you get to decide, right? What are some other things that you've really enjoyed getting to decide as part of being a business owner in your own practice? I love that I get to decide to go to Target in the
1: middle the middle of the day if I want and not feel guilty about it. No, just I'm just kidding, but not really. <laughs> I love that um, you know, I get to decide like how I can support my families more. I have much more time to to help them. Like I was just saying, I have so much time and you know previously I'd never really felt the connection, I never really had the opportunity to connect with my parents the way I do now. And so back in January, we did an ice cream social, at a local ice cream shop. Um, I had kind of made connection with the owner and um, invited my families to go. And we did a little craft and, you know, had ice cream toys and just did kind of like a little language activity and the kids got to order and it was just nice. It was nice to get all my people together and just have a nice afternoon. So that's just something else I really liked yeah and the,
0: those are the kind of things that you can't do at your school job right or that you yeah. can't do at the nursing home right you can you can get a couple of your yeah. residents together for bingo but other than <laughs> yes. that yeah yeah and it's just nice like for the parents to connect with each other
1: you know for for them to kind of get support and bounce ideas off of each other and you know some of my parents were talking about schools that their kids were going to and i just i just really
0: Enjoy the connecting with the parents aspect a lot more for sure. And that's so. another thing I hear all the time is that people just are really feeling like they're missing that in the school, yeah. right? Like, and some people like have done EI in the past and they really like that connection with the parents. But for people who work in schools and you know, hospitals and uh, I don't know, university clinics, other types of places, like you just don't get to meet the family members, right? And we know how important carryover is. And that having that parent education, parent coaching, if that's not Mm -hmm. there, the child or or the adult isn't necessarily going to make as much progress, right? So I really loved how you talked about how being in private practice has allowed you to have those deeper connections with your clients, but also with, with their families, right? Yeah.
1: Yep, for sure. I love it. It's just really fulfilling to me. You know, previously I had really questioned walking away from speech therapy. You know, I worked in the schools and I worked in nursing home and I just wasn't feeling fulfilled. And once I got this going and I have just seen the connection that I'm able to have with my clients and their families, you know, I'm so fulfilled now and I definitely don't want to
0: leave this field. No. Well, I'm Um, so glad that you've decided to to not leave because, because look what happened, right? That's another thing. There's, there are so many people who are just feeling like so burned out. So, you know, mm-hmm. taken advantage of, just like, you know, stuck, right? And that's a terrible feeling. It's terrible to feel that way. And a lot of people feel like they don't have any control, right? That's what leads to those feelings is, is not having control or at least feeling like you don't have control, right? But that's why, yeah. you know, I'm a big believer, as everyone knows, that that private practice is the number one way to take control of your personal, mm-hmm. your uh, professional and your financial life. And Ashton, that's exactly what you've done. Yeah. (laughs) I'm
1: just really grateful that I've been able to come this far. And I still have a lot of growth to do. You know, I would like to hire some therapists. I would like to get a bigger clinic, but I'm really happy where I am. I'm really just very content with my little office and my clients and just kind of getting more involved
0: in the community and just being fulfilled for sure. I love that. That's all any of us could want, right. To feel fulfilled in our life and in our career. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, before we wrap up here, is there any other like last advice or words of wisdom that you might have for people who are listening to this episode? And they're like, oh my gosh, so much of what she said makes so much sense, but I'm still a little nervous. What would you say to someone who was thinking that? Invest
1: in yourself. <laughs> you know, it's, basically like one more course to take to change your life. Like I, I had said that in the last interview. It it just really is life changing. And we all should continue investing in ourselves as we get, you know, as we go through life, as we go through our career. And if private practice is something that you're really considering, I mean, and just invest in it. You know, I had some friends at the time when I was kind of teetering on purchasing the course and you know, they're, they were really trying to get in the real estate world and they were going to have these like conventions and these talks and these things. And, you know, they were like, we're investing in our career. And I'm like, you're right. You know, it doesn't have to stop at grad school. You know, obviously we have to take our CEUs and all that, but we can do other things um, with our career than we ever thought possible for sure.
0: So. And you're doing it right. Like, you're yeah, doing it. <laughs> and it I
1: know. And I, I, I'm the queen of imposter syndrome for sure like seriously <laughs> I'm I'm just always always thinking like am I doing this right you know I don't want to end up in SLP jail I just I want to make sure that you know everything all my ducks are in a row so if I can do it and be mildly successful at it um you can too you know it's it's possible
0: and your life is going to change listeners listen to how much hers has right Ashton has more time to be with her family now, more time to be with her clients and, and their family. And, you know, she's looking forward to expanding one day. And Ashton, you'll know when it's time to do that, right? Yeah. You'll know when you're starting to feel like you um, can't accommodate those, you know, on your when you have a capacity issue, right? When you feel like you yes. need more time and the way to get more time is to hire, or when you have a space capacity issue, right? When you just don't have enough space for the clients that you need to be treating but you'll know what that time is and that's when you'll decide to grow
1: for sure just like I knew when I when it was time to go from at the end of the summer to go from you know seeing clients in their homes and in daycares to switching to an office like it was just something that felt natural and like it was the next step and was easy to do so it's really grateful (laughs) to find an office so close
0: Well, you've shared just so many, you know, first of all, thank you for sharing your story, right? You've had like a really nice balance of like, Hey, like I wasn't happy in this situation and like the schools and the snips, I created something, you know, from scratch. I, you know, I invested in myself. I knew I wanted more time with my daughter. I knew I wanted to have, you know, more financial, you know, stability and independence for my family. And you like, you went out there and you created it. So it's been Mm -hmm. such a pleasure to watch you get started, to watch you start to grow. And um, I know that you mentioned before we started recording that it was a dream of yours to be on the podcast. And so I'm so happy it's come full circle. (laughs) Yes, me too. Uh,
1: It was a dream for sure. And I'm fangirling a little bit
0: (laughs) being on the podcast for sure. (laughs) <laughs> well, And people think that this is like so surprising, but like I kind of fangirl about my students in the program right? <laughs> who are like, I know where you started. Right. And so that's one of the cool things is that I really get to see people start from like, you know, eager, but super nervous beginner to like really thriving in private practice. And so I'm just really proud of what you've accomplished. And I know that there's more to come. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited for the future for sure. Thanks
1: well, thank for
0: having nice. me on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here. (laughs) Ah, don't you just love Ashton? I love her honesty and her excitement and her realness when she talked about facing burnout and then falling in love with the field of speech-language pathology again and wanting to create a life that she loved, including the ability to have a flexible schedule for her daughter. Ashton is the epitome of a perfect Start Your Private Practice student. She invested in herself, she did the work, and she now has the private practice to show for it. She's growing at a rate that's comfortable for her, which is really important. And that's the cool thing about private practice. You get to make the decisions. Some folks like to stay small and just see private clients on the side. But others, like Ashton, decide to shift into full-time private practice and grow their private practices. But no matter what, every single private practice starts with one client. Hers did. And yours will too. If you're interested in learning more about the ins and outs of private practice, and you want to learn more about the same program that Ashton went through to get her ducks in a row and get started, head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash webinar. I promise that you'll learn more about private practice in 60 minutes than all of graduate school. As always, thank you for listening, and I hope that you'll join us next week when I share another interview, tip, or lesson about how to start, grow, and scale your successful private practice. See you then. I decided to invest in the Start Your Private Practice program because I honestly had no idea where to start. (laughs) And I just didn't really have the confidence or the know-how to be able to do that. So it was really nice to have a system that was all set up for me. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch. It was all there for me.
1: And I was able to land a client within about the first week and a half of me going public with
0: my private practice.
1: So now I have 12 clients. It is such an invigorating and amazing experience.
0: If you want help to start your speech therapy private practice, then head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist so that you will be notified as soon as we reopen the doors to the Start Your Private Practice system. Again, that's startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independentclinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.